Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. My name is Malachi J. Matthews and I am joined as always on this oh so familiar lockdown Super Tap Film Club with Hollywood Fletcher. How's it going, Hollywood Fletch? I'm all right, mate. How are you? All right. I'm all right. Getting, getting, you know, same as everybody else, mate, stuck in the house, starting to go a little bit bonkers. You know, could be worse. Could be people shooting at us. I shaved in a Mohican. I saw that. I think Apocalypse has taken a hold on you. I've been practicing fighting and I've got loads of tins of baked beans and I've got a Mohican now. I'm ready. I've been sending you loads of ideas for street punk costumes as well. <laughs> well, I've already got a lot of it, so it's fine. Oh, and the, the first time we've done this on the Skype, we're all trapped in the house edition of Super Tap Film Club. But the third man is here via the internet. Magic Mark. How's it going, Magic Mark? You all right? Hello, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a onesie because you can't see me. <laughs> I've got I've got actual clothes on today. Ooh, got, do you know what? That's a fair point. I'm going to take my trousers off. Oh yeah, you whip, whip them off. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, fully. I've I've decided to. I've had to basically start structuring my days and getting up early. Otherwise, I'm going to go bonkers. <laughs> so yeah, I was up early, had a bath, fully dressed, all that shenanigans, trimmed my beard because obviously you can't go to the hipster hairdresser. Uh, yeah. In, and climate so I'm, I'm reduced to trimming my own beard with clippers oh. it's scary but you know i left like a big undershelf of beard that's gone now so i've learned to do beards magic mark you can just call me mark but yes hello did you see my tweet the other day what did you our say most, our most popular episode to date was the mac and me episode starring yourself oh, oh. out of everything that we've done <laughs> I know, but I think, to be fair, we could probably say that about any of the films that we've done. Because at one point, it was uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, and we were like, why the fuck are people listening to this episode about Jason Takes Manhattan? But yeah, that's it. Mac and me. Thanks to all the people. We've had a few people join us. Can I, can I plug my podcasts? Yes. Yeah. In fact, you've been on my podcast, the pair of you. I'm doing, because fucking hell, we're, 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 we can't leave the house. I'm doing a daily podcast, because why the fuck not? And um, I've called it Don't Say the C Words because I've banned the idea of talking about coronavirus. And then yeah. um, you can talk about whatever you like. You two came on and funnily enough talked about tap films, innit? Well, we talked about voodoo for a while, but you cut all that out. It was all, we, we were talking about black magic and summoning ghosts. Yeah, that's because it was fucking inane. That's why I cut that. <laughs> why did you, you, you phoned us both in the middle of the afternoon. We, I was half cut. I think he was as well. So I don't, know, I don't know what you expect, Mark. You well, just have to talk about anything. First thing that came to mind, voodoo. Yeah, we're living our life, Mark. We're living our life. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it is, yeah. So speaking of which, have you been uh, Have you been watching anything, listening to anything, or reading anything good while you've been trapped inside, Mark? Finally caught up with Tiger King. And oh, so, please do not get me started. I will rage for a day. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I'm a massive hippie when it comes to conservation, and everything I saw on that program made me want to scream. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, (laughs) I just, you know, we live in Britain, and you forget how much of a forward-thinking country we are, despite fucking Brexit, and then you see the kind of hick, idiot country that America has as their norm. It makes me want to scream. Yeah. No wonder they no wonder they churn out tap films. 
Well, it's the, I think, to be fair, there's enough people talking about Tiger King. We all know what it is, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're, no. we're here to talk about forgotten, legendary films. And we've gone back to our roots, ladies and gentlemen. We've gone back to grainy, poorly rendered YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> it really was shit quality, this, watching yes. this. I, I, at one point, I was like, is that someone I recognise? And I had to look it up because it was so grainy. I, and, and, and it was someone I recognised. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Fletcher, what did we do this week on Super Tap Film Club, Bab? Blood Moon. Blood Moon! Blood Moon. <laughs> Blood Moon from 1997. Ladies and gentlemen, in a time of crisis, we need heroes. And who is the biggest hero of them all in the Tat universe? It's fucking Gary D. Gary, Gary D's D. back. This is my first Gary Daniels episode. I was quite excited. Is it? I was thinking this morning. I wasn't sure whether you'd done a Gary D one or not. No. But it was did before, wasn't it? Which is basically a Gary D film. I mean... <laughs> You know, I was hoping that we'd be doing Voodoo Academy, but I'm glad we did this. Well, we'll do Voodoo Academy next time, mate. We need hope. We need hope. hope <laughs> during these lockdown times, I want to do Voodoo Academy. I'm surprised you've not run yourself ragged watching it already, trapped inside. <laughs> Who else is in this film then, guys? Anyone else that you recognised? Rob Van Damme. Rob Van Damme, yeah. Rob Van Damme's in this film. Because well, he's, you... be- he's the best wrestler in New York City. You'll like this, actually, Malachi, because I, kn- I know you like talking about the Tat River mm. and films that, uh, you know, link up in the Tataverse. Yeah. Obviously, Rob Van Dam, this isn't his first appearance on the podcast, is it? Oh, no, mate. He was in Super Fights. Super Fights. Well, this film was uh, directed by Siu Hong Leung. He is the director of Super Fights. Yes. Written by Keith Strandberg, the writer of Super Fights. Yeah. He also wrote No Retreat, No Surrender. Oh, what? Yeah. And he also wrote King of the Kickboxers, starring... Oh, Billy Blanks! Exactly. Oh, I love Billy Blanks. He's kicking. Yep. Starring alongside Gary Daniels, we've also got Chuck Jeffries. Oh, a big Chuck, magic Chuck. He's yeah. definitely not Eddie Murphy. You'll recognise him as Dark Cloud from Super Fights. It's oh. all here, mate. The villain. Yeah. Uh, we've got Darren Shalavi. He is a UE Bowl regular. He's been in oh. Alone in the Dark and Blood Rain. He was in Kickboxer Vengeance. He was in Kickboxer Vengeance, the sequel. Yes. Amazing. See, this film, and also, don't forget, The Chief... Is the Frank fucking Gorshin. yeah 60s Riddler? Is the 60s Riddler? Yeah, yeah. So this is full of people from the Tatosphere going back to 69, guys. Exactly. Yeah, this is a stacked cast. This is a stacked cast. You picked this one, Fletch, didn't you? I think it's one of my favourite films that I've seen so far. Yeah, I mean it's it's good. Like I say, it's got RVD in it. And speaking of super fights, super fights actually makes an appearance in this film. But we'll Wait. talk about that later in the later in the podcast. Should we start? Should we start, guys? Should we get into it? Yeah. Oh, guys, where does it start? I tell you where it fucking starts. New York City, and it's New York City at night, a neon night, all over the place. This is how we like a film to start. Right. Can we talk about the credits? 
Oh, the credits. I forgot. There, there is a man with a very good name that made me laugh, and it did earn my first love heart. And um, <laughs> his na- the editor's name is what? Alan Poon. <laughs> I know, I screenshotted that and sent it to the both of you. And, uh, let's, yeah. let's all be adults here. <laughs> Hello? No. <laughs> Poon. Imagine it's if... short for Poontang, which means Fanny. <laughs> if you worked on a film with Sam Bottoms. <laughs> Sam Bottoms. Bottoms and Poon. <laughs> God. I'm going to look, I haven't looked up Alan Poon. But I'm going to try and watch all of his all of his films because I already love him deeply within my soul. Not that I believe in the soul. <laughs> so we see a gym. There's loads of people working out in this gym. One man in particular is in the ring. He's the best boxer in New York City. But he's the last one to leave the gym because he's the champ. That's how a champ operates. We're all familiar with sport. Hang on, guys. Silver hobnail cowboy boots a clip clop clipping into the now, gym so that was my second love heart evil shoes, evil shoes. <laughs> the evil cuban heels no, but that's the thing right you could tell that he was evil because of his footwear therefore yeah. evil shoes definitely worth a lover there are quite a lot of love arts in this imagine. film <laughs> i can imagine the champ's like who's there he runs over, but luckily, that's all right, guys. It's just some mops that have fallen. But wait, behind him, a masked man stands in the ring and he says, You fight well, champ. The champ says, Yeah, oh, you're all dressed up and nowhere to go. The guy in the ring says, You don't have the killer instinct, but I can teach it to you. Champ says, Maybe one day we can go around or two. No time like the present, says the mystery masked man. And he pauses and he sticks his foot in the air and says, Are you scared? <laughs> I decided that I would not learn the name of this character. I was just going to call him Ying Yang Face because that is what is going on with his mask. He's got a Ying Yang thing on his face. So I called him Ying Yang Face. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't have a name, yeah. He does. It's fucking Ying Yang Face. (laughs) (laughs) Face. Yeah, so he uh, he says to the boxer, he says, there's no time like the present, or are you? And then he pauses and he sticks his foot in the air. And says scared and then he points out the window and says did you notice boxer man that there is blood on the moon tonight and they fight under the bloody moonlight and he kicks him with his evil metal cowboy boots and the boxer is absolutely no match for him he's kicking him and he's clanking and he's kicking him they fall out the, ri- the ring and, and the, the bad man says the key to winning is taking advantage of every weakness and he chucks him in the lockers and they continue to fight so this did earn another love heart because I'm a massive, massive mark for what I've described on my, in my notes as whirly cape kicking. Oh, There's my a, God, yeah. People barely use their hands in this film. No. And what I, lo- what I really like is that he just like these stylized kicks and his cape just looks oh. so fucking badass as it flails, as it like flails around. And oh, I loved it. I loved it. I was like, I'm going to enjoy this film. The choreography for these fight scenes is absolutely amazing. It's Some bonk. of the stuff they're doing is absolutely terrific. Oh, it's just beautiful. During the fight, during the locker room uh, kick fight, the champ grabs a big bench and he goes to smash it over the masked man's face, but he kicks it off with his metal cowboy boots and then he plunges 
his metal fingers of death into the champion's chest because his weapon of choice is robotic metal fingers. And he shouts, school's out, champ! And he lifts him above his head like the ultimate warrior. And you can clearly see the wires on the champion. And he bah! And he screams at the moon, howling, victorious. Oh, do you want to know a bit about the champ? Tell me about the champ, Fletch. He is, uh, his name's Hakeem Alston. And he's not had, this is probably his biggest role, this, him just getting battered right at the beginning of, uh, beginning of the film. Yeah. He was also in the first Mortal Kombat film. Incredible. Who was he in that? He's one of the nobodies who fights Liu Kang. Oh, at the start? Yeah. I thought it was a nice little twisty twist. I was expecting the boxer guy, the, the, the champion, to be the main protagonist of the film. And then he well, got finger murdered. Got finger mo- straight off. Finger bang. Bang. Well, don't forget, this film isn't just a martial arts action bonanza. It's also an intriguing murder mystery. It is, isn't it? Yes, it is. And that's how you start them. It's like Columbo. You see him committing the murder. It's like Columbo with karate, basically. It is, yeah. It's, it's akin to Murder, She Wrote, this one. But with a lot <laughs> it's, of kids. It's in. not like Murder, She Wrote. It it's is. exactly <laughs> like Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> right, if we're going to talk about Murder, She Wrote, you know Jessica Fletcher? Yeah. If yeah. you were mates with Jessica Fletcher, I, would, I, I wouldn't be mates with Jessica Fletcher. She's a yeah, fucking she's Jonah. Good. She's yeah. a Jonah. If, if you're, like, friends with Jessica Fletcher, she would then... Oh, you, you just fucked. Because there's always a murder. I, I, do you know how many murders I've seen in 40 years? None. Whereas Jessica Fletcher sees one every fucking week. Every single cruise that that woman goes on, someone dies. I'm related yeah. to her. You're related to her? Yeah, haven't you noticed that everyone with the last name Fletcher is somehow related to her? Like, everywhere she goes, she's, she's got a, uh, a cousin there or uh, a nephew. Yeah, yeah. So if, you know, if your last name's Fletcher, you are, in fact, related to Jessica Fletcher. Like, if someone gets murdered near me, she'll just turn up and be like... Oh, oh, hi there, Hollywood Fletch. It's me, your auntie twice removed. And to start solving the murder. Your yeah. auntie Angela Lansbury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the introduction to Magic Chuck. A motorbike pulls up the road. It pulls and it parks slickly into a parking space. The man on the bike takes off his helmet. He puts his badge on and he baseball slides across a car, jumps in the air and high fives a cop outside the crime scene. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chuck. Right. My problem with this is he knows damn well he's going to a murder scene because yeah. you will be told that before they ask a detective to go to a murder scene. It's yeah, a it's not bit flippant, isn't it? <laughs> it's just not a very professional ap- attitude. Mate, but he's like, like hey, Foley. everybody, there's been a murder. Hey, let's have high fives and jokes and magic tricks and bellendery. Bellendery. What is this bellendery? Yeah. I mean, speaking of the bellendery and of Axel Foley, he clearly is a little bit like Eddie Murphy, isn't he? That's it's why Axel Foley, isn't he? It is, it is just Axel Foley. And speaking of his tomfoolery, he's into magic. Is it. He, is it, do you think it's appropriate to, to uh, produce a rose at a crime scene when there's a dead man on the floor? No, no. it's Bellendery. No, it's Bellendery. Well, anyway, he's got a keen interest in amateur magic. 
while cops are telling Chuck about all the night crime that has happened, he produces a series of magic hankies again. So he's not even pay, t- taking this guy seriously. You know, it's hanky after coloured hanky after coloured hanky. I'm surprised he doesn't pull a rabbit out of his hat. He's not taking mesmerizing. it. Mesmerising. He's absolutely yeah. mesmerising. I love it. He says, this is number three. Boys and girls, it looks like we've got ourselves a homicide. What the hell is going on here? And he drakes his magic hanky over the corpse's face. Everybody else is like, hey, it's just magic Chuck. But surely everyone will be like, you're being really inappropriate, Chuck. Somebody's died here, Chuck. Somebody's dead. This man has a family and you're, you're pulling rabbits out of his trousers. Mate, he's a <laughs> maverick. He's a maverick. It's a ma- okay, yeah. Well, he's, he's a maverick dick. <laughs> well, as usual in any good buddy cop movie, you need an angry chief that's going to like blow a gasket at any point, just constantly shouting. Oh. The film, ladies and gentlemen, is paid by the 1960s Riddler. He's going to give himself a hernia, bless him. He is, yeah. He's getting hassled by the press and he's just like shouting. He's like a man full of coffee and cocaine. He's going to die. He's going to die. Chuck goes into his office and he picks up the phone and the chief is already shouting at him on the phone with the typical tropey sort of things he's like god damn it i want answers etc etc and chuck's desk is littered with kung fu and karate magazines it's not just magic he's into guys he's into fist and leg magic as well he's a kick wizard i bet he's a fan of billy blanks and mark de cascos and bow staffs uh, those mad those magazines will be riddled with this de cascos do you know what i mean <laughs> Riddled the cascos. You've got the think about it Norris, Chan, Lee, to name a few. <laughs> These, that's littered all over the place. And the, the, the Riddler is like, We're up to our eyeballs in murderers, and you're dicking around with magic. Uh, there's no wonder I'm going to have a heart attack, man. I'm fucking old man. I shouldn't be doing this. I was, I was doing Batman in the 60s. <laughs> and Chuck, do you know what Chuck tries to do to, to, to calm down the Riddler, who's Fucking livid, if anything. Magic! Magic. Just magic. And he goes, he goes, he goes, spare. He's like, I want results. Stop fucking about with magic. <laughs> so if the only shows you're going to do will be in fucking Poughkeepsie, dickhead. And he says, ha, if I could conjure this guy out of thin air, I'd be headlining Vegas. I feel like Chuck has this whole backstory where he just always wanted to do magic, but his dad was a policeman. And he's yeah. like, in this family, we're cops. And he's just forced him into the force. And he's become the best, kickiest policeman in New York. But he still dreams of doing magic. There should be a whole film where he just follows his dream. Magic Chuck. Yeah. Magic Chuck. The blood moon shines bright over New York City. There is a neon wrestling gym full of pinball machines. RVD's in there, ladies and gentlemen, because RVD, as you know, is the best damn wrestler in New York City. He's relaxing after training and he's playing some pinball and mill fenters. He does a bit of diddling on the uh, on the pinball machine, but she's like, wait, I can hear something. Sexy sax music plays. RVD, pinball machine, love scene. Just as RVD is doing boobing up the girl on the pin machine, you can hear clip, clop, clip, clop. It's the fucking cowboy death boots again. Shit. RVD, get out of there. And the girl's like, look, I'm not really into this. I can hear, like, desk clock boots come in. He's like, nobody's going to mess with me, baby. I'm the best wrestler in New York City. Don't be stupid. And then he calls her a bitch because she runs off. And she says, I have no luck with guys whatsoever. Then a mystery voice says, your luck is about to change, Roxy. And he captures her. And he's like, fucking hell. 
Rob Van Dam says, hey, what have you found in there? The villain comes out with Roxy and says, she found me, mate. Come on, come and have a fight with me. And he says, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. And he throws the girl to the floor. She's knocked out on the floor. And Rob, Rob Van Dam says, OK, buddy, let's dance. And they have a massive slapstick wrestling fight all over the gym. It's more wrestling moves than you'll see RVD do normally. Yeah, it's just wrestling. It really it is. In the, film, in the film that is just all twirly kicks, the twirliest, kickiest wrestler that there is just locks in a fucking full Nelson on someone instead. I yeah, tell you what I enjoyed the most... And I'm going to give it a retroactive love heart, I think. I am. Um, he, he did a battering ram. Yeah. For those of you that don't know what a battering ram is, it's when you get someone in a side headlock and you run them into something. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it, it was made famous by the Bushwhackers. And this film made me think of the Bushwhackers, which made me happy. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm pretty sure that Rob Van Dam got this part in this film because of super fights. Yeah. Because he had a short fight scene in Super Fights, which apparently he was because he's Rob Van Dam, he was he was so he was so impressive in it that they decided to extend his fight scene so we get to see more of him just flipping about everywhere. And then this film was made two years afterwards and he's got this whole crazy fight scene. So I think he's maybe just off the back of Super Fights, they've decided to just give him a whole thing in here. Yeah, just go go on, you can you can do your wrestling one in this. You can do your wrestling bits in this one. Yeah. So RVD's facial expressions during the match are like proper slapstick. <laughs> He's getting chucked into the neon bar and things like that. RVD tries to glass the masked man, but the masked man, to the horror of uh, Mr. Monday Night, Mr. RVD, he chops the bottle in twine with his metal fingers. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> he throws him over the bar and basically <laughs> snaps Rob Van Dam's neck with a really fucking gnarly wrestling move. What was that move, Mark? No, I don't know. I don't know. It was, uh, I don't know, just the uh, the end of RVD. Is that what it was? Is, is exactly what it was. The killer it's, like a, it's like a suplex into a net breaker, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's got a name other than a suplex into a neck breaker. Well, there you go then. Suplex into a net breaker. And he says, why aren't you better? And he chucks RVD out the window. But he's clearly a man in a blonde wig. It's a stuntman, not RVD on the floor. Oh, and Which... he, he lands as well. You see him hit the, hit the pavement. Yeah, there's a lot of horrible bumps in this film. There are. This was the point where I had to check if it was who I thought it was because the footage was so grainy. And it was who I thought it was. It was Ron Van Damme. Yeah. It's much like John Wick in that it's directed by a stuntman and it's almost exclusively starring stuntmen. Yeah. So that's why you've got all these insane fight scenes and crazy bumps as well. At the morgue, Chuck and the Riddler are looking at the bodies and the doctor in the morgue says, there's a pattern here. Every strike that this man makes is severing a vital organ inside the body. There is a signature and I recognize it. But it doesn't look like a weapon that he's been using. Maybe it's some kind of fingers. <laughs> some kind of fix, some kind of hands of steel. Yeah, this is the same as hands of steel <laughs> when they're trying to work it out. Uh, this is victim number four, victim number four. And the Riddler says, you're going to need some help on this, Chuck. So I've assigned a man for you to go and see. Chuck says, I don't need any help. Typically, he works alone. Like, you know, he's a magic maverick cop of New York City. He doesn't need a partner. The Riddler says, ha, yeah, right. You've got four dead bodies and a techno freak sending computer messages all over the place. 
sending scary gifts to people before the crimes about the murders he's committing, and we're no closer to solving the thing. Chuck's like, look, I'm, just, I'm not into it. The Riddler's like, just fucking do it, because he's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Ken O'Hara is his name. It's Gary Daniels. He was in charge of the serial killer department before you got here. He's one of the finest mind hunters I've ever met. <laughs> Chuck says, what the fuck is a mind hunter? He says, I don't need a partner. Do you know what a mind hunter is? It's basically the police who use like forensic psychology and stuff to capture serial killers by looking mm-hmm. at things like MO and patterns and stuff and psychological profiling. Ah. Well, Gary D, that's what he used to do before he left the force. We thought he retired after uh, some shady, shady business went down. The Riddler wants him on board, but he also wants Chuck, Magic Chuck, to go and convince da- Gary D that he, he wants him on board, back on the force to sort out this masked sports killer. <laughs> now, Gary, Gary Daniels, since he's left the force, he's, he's settled down. He's on the beach. He's a family man. It's his visit day with his daughter. He's, he's teaching her backflips. It's good times. Good times with Gary D, Big Daddy D. Oh, he does do a backward somersault on the beach, doesn't he? He mm. does, yeah. And Gary and his daughter, they're having a lovely time. So they're walking down, they're going to get a drink. But as they're going to get a drink, fucking street punk motorbike comes past, pushes Gary D into another big street punk who's buying hot dogs. And he's like, whoa, spills his drink all over himself. Gary D's like, I'm sorry, mate. I was- <laughs> wow. I'm really fucking sorry, mate. I wasn't looking where I was going. I didn't mean to spill that on you. Let me give you $20 to cover the cost of your street punk vest there. $20 for him yeah. to, to wash his sleeveless t-shirt. Yeah. And he's like, Ugh! and he, the street punk's really pissed off. He goes over to his street, two street punk mates and they just start mocking him. And one guy goes, hey, karate man, it looks like you pissed yourself. And the other girl says, yeah, show me what you got, Jackie Chan, man. <laughs> <laughs> the punk grabs Gary. Gary, he gives Gary back the money. He says, I'm going to take this $20 out of your hide. I says, what is wrong with this man? This is Gary fucking Daniels. And Gary says, fucking hell, mate. Hitting me isn't going to get your fucking shirt clean, you fucking drongo. I'm sorry, mate. I didn't mean to fucking do it, but it's not going to happen. He doesn't even sound that bad in this one. <laughs> he, says, he does in firepower, but in this one, he doesn't sound that bad. He sounds more like where he actually is from in this film. <laughs> The punk says, yeah, but it'll make me feel better. And he lunges at Gary. His daughter grabs at the punk and he slaps his daughter away. Gary just sees red. He's going to fucking kill you, you idiot. You do not touch the seed of Gary Daniels. In a little kid is pretty shitty. It is. Mark, that is street punks for you. True. (laughs) Fucking street punks. So do you okay, honey? Stay here. This won't take long. (laughs) And he just he fights the street punks. He kicks the shit out of them. He cleans house or beach. He cleans he cleans beach. And then he picks up his daughter and he says, I'm sorry I had to see that. I didn't want to fight them, but I didn't have any fucking choice. I mean, nobody wants to fight, but nobody fights my fucking family. <laughs> and and he does <laughs> job those street punks out big time, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. She says, Daddy, I was afraid. She's got an American accent. You know, she's been there a while. And he says, don't be fucking afraid. They can't hurt me, but I'm fucking Superman. If you, if you don't know, by the way, Mark, Gary Daniels is from London. Right. 
that's what he talks like. You watch the film, you know exactly. But, what, it's like he's on the phone with us now. But he, t- <laughs> but you, your accent makes him sound Australian. We watch Firepower, and his accent is so weird. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like he's from London. It sounds like he's from Australia. Right. Chuck goes to see Gary D at home, but he's not back yet because of all the shenanigans at the beach. His estranged wife, however, is waiting outside and she tells Chuck loads of personal information. Like, often, <laughs> yeah, she says that Gary D's late and Chuck goes, That's really irresponsible. I think he sounds like a right dickhead. Uh, I'll just, you know, wait here and protect you. And while um, he's talking to her, she says, We're going through, we're going through a tough time. What with him being a loose cannon maverick cop. It's a good job Chuck is there and he's a straight-laced, magic-loving cop. And he decides he's going to try and cheer up Mrs. Daniels, like Paul Daniels, funnily enough, with a little bit of flower magic. Mrs. D slips because of the, the, she's, she fears the magic. But it's okay. <laughs> Chuck catches her just as Gary D's pulling up on the fucking drive in his, in his fucking 90s beach jeep. And he's like, oh, the fucking hell's that guy touching up my wife? On the house, you f- who the fuck is this guy? He is a bit of a dickhead, though, isn't he? What is Chuck doing? I don't know. Yeah, because he fully uh, he fully just turns up and sticks his oar in, doesn't he? Does yeah, he does yeah. I think everybody in this film is kind of quite difficult to like. Yeah, <laughs> apart she's from like, Gary uh, D. No, he's a knob as well. Well, no, he's not. How can you not like Gary Daniels? You're on the phone to the Gary Daniels fan club right now. Oh, no, I like Gary Daniels. I just don't like the character he's playing. I think the character he's playing is a bellend. This is the most likeable character we've ever seen him play, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Because the other films, he's been, he was the baddie, he was the end baddie in Tekken. He was the long-haired cop maverick in Firepower. And he was the baddie in The Expendables. Yes, he was, yeah. <laughs> We'll see. Oh, Gary D. Gary D. His wife's furious. He's like, where the fuck have you been, Gary D? And he's like, I've been down the fucking beach. It's my day visiting with the kids, but a fucking street punk hot dog street punk fight down there. Every fucking nightmare. Chuck and Gary instantly getting off on the wrong foot. Chuck sticking his, sticking his fucking nose in the, in the Daniel family business. What is the fucking Riddler thinking about putting together this odd, mismatched couple? They're like fucking chalk and cheese, guys. Chalk and cheese. After uh, mum's gone with uh, little Miss Daniels in the car, he turns around to Chuck and he goes, hit the fucking road, Chucky. Rack off. Rack off, Chucky. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Rack off. Fuck's sake. Well, no, he does. He says, actually, because he says, actually, Gary Daniels, I came to see you. And he says, this is nothing personal, but fuck off, Drongo. Hang on, Daniels. Hang on a minute. The Riddler sent me. And he says, the Riddler, the fucking Riddler from the police. You mean you're not here diddling my wife? And he's like, oh, no, no, I know it really looked like I was trying to diddle your wife, but it's a buddy cop film, mate. This We have to start on the wrong foot. So Gary invites Chuck in and he tells him all about the case. And Gary's like, I don't do this shit anymore. I'm retired. And Chuck says, I know, that's what the Riddler said. And he said, he really needs your help on this one. The answer's fucking no, mate, I'm out. I don't I tell the fucking Riddler I'm not doing it anymore. And he tells Chuck to fucking go. He says, well, I didn't want a partner anyway. New York City, lightning strikes. Gary D is topless getting some snacks out the fridge and he's guilty, he's thinking, he's trying to relax and all he can think about is the file that Magic Chuck has left. He's trying to watch TV. He tries to read a book. He can't take his mind off it. 
So he reads the file, he cracks, he opens it, and there's photos of dead sports people in the file. He has a flashback of being strung up and tortured, and he's like, no, fucking no, don't stab me, mate. He's fucking freezing in here. It can't be the same guy, can it? He throws the papers up in the air, and from off screen, you can see they throw in a bunch more papers, so it all just floats down all around the room. And he screams, not again! I have issue with this, right? It's quite um, graphic in the cutting of his flesh, and it's very it's actually quite well done. But yeah. then the motherfucker's got no scars. No scars on him. He's having a flashback. You know what? Top I was off. watching this. I was watching this when he was sat topless on the set E, and I saw he had no scars, and I was like, Mark's going to say something about this. <laughs> well, it's cack. That's why I'm going to say something about it. Oh, maybe he didn't cut him that deep. Maybe it you had looked like it cut him deep on them cuts. Maybe he had him lasered. Lasered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate, he's he's Australian. He's got to have that beach body. He probably got That's him lasered it. so he can walk around on Bondi Beach. Exactly. They would not be able to <laughs> any shrimp on any Barbies looking in that state. Oh, excuse me. I keep this this hipster brew is quite gassy. <clears throat> what are you drinking? I am drinking a uh, Gypsy Hill Ranger Pale Ale. Ah, I'm drinking a Vocation Life and Death IPA. Ah, well, I think I'm in... drinking a Fizzy Vimto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fruity. Do you know what a scary place is? I know the the world at the moment is a scary place, but do you know what's scarier than that? Fizzy Vimto? No, Mark, that is... No like Fizzy look, Vimto. No Fizzy Vimto. There is no Fizzy Vimto in this place. I'm talking about the fucking internet, guys. The internet! This, this masked killer is not only a master of, like, poking people with magic fingers, he's got two internet computers in his office... He's sending out the spooky moon gift to the police. He's attaching two metal fingers of doom. Shit, he's getting ready for a night of moonlit sports murder. But who is next on this menu of pain, guys? He's in his hideout. There's photos on the wall. Various karate men. But wait, one photo stands out from the rest. It reads, the Masters Challenge. The Tournament of Champions. Boxing. Wrestling. Tough man, whatever that is. Karate, kendo, and kickboxing. And there's a group photo of all the champs there. Zoom in on the man with the tash. Is this man with the tash next? Yes. Yes, he is. This is some of my favorite stuff, you know. Uh, I remember once upon a time, uh, Mark, you mentioned one of your favorite things to see in tap films is shit science. Yes, I love the science. Pouring coloured liquids into different beakers and stuff. Oh, it's the best. I'll tell you what's my favourite. It's 90s hackers in films. Oh, it's a similar just, vibe, isn't it? Yeah, they just sat there clacking away at a keyboard like, oh my god, he's in the mainframe and just saying nonsense things. Yeah. He's going to pick off the Tash Man off the list. The man with the Tash with a powerful, manly combat Tash. Combat tash. It's, it's, a, good it's tash. a fake. It's a fake tash, isn't it? I think so. It doesn't matter. I mean, I can't but, couldn't really tell from the the, the the version that I watched. It's it's a very clearly fake mustache, and yeah. what I didn't get is why. Because what is the what is the 
plot advantage of him having a moustache. Tash, mate. It makes him look more learned. I mean, he was cast, obviously, for his kendo skill. Yeah, because he's the kendo man. Of the, yeah. of the... and, they, and they're just like, do you know what? This guy needs a moustache. Well, he's, he's, uh, he's waiting in his own dojo, in meditation, waiting for his own fate on his knees. The masked villain enters. He takes off his cowboy boots as he enters. He takes off his cowboy Oh, yeah, and he sets up a really crude webcam. With a suitcase and a video camera, and he's just instantly on the internet, so you can see. And he basically is going to go in, and he's going to slay Tashman on the internet for everyone to see. The villain is now in full kendo gear, and he draws his sword. It's a bushido blade sword fight, ladies and gentlemen. Tashman versus the nameless villain. It's fucking great. Bushido madness. I love the sparks coming off the blades. It was just deliciously overkill but damn those boys can use them swords yeah exactly oh, yeah. this film has everything it does we we spoke about the the webcam something is coming through at the police station just wait it, it happens that chuck and uh, a lady from the it she's at the internet computer just as a live stream is being sent to the police station because that's how the internet works it's this, just on the internet Malachi. It's like the telly. You just turn the telly on. You're like, oh, look, what's on what's on the internet today? Oh, well, um, they, Bushido they, Madness. They think it's a Japanese combat movie. That's what they say. Oh, I love these Japanese combat movies. Who's in this? And they sit down and watch it while the fight rages on online and offline. The Tashman falls right in front of the web camera and Chuck's go, oh, shit, I know who that is. He's, a, he's the fucking Tashman. I said he was going to be next. Get over there right away and, and uh, copy this transmission. And Chuck springs into action. Back at the fight, Tashman has his sword, but the masked man takes off his mask. He says, who are you? He says, don't you remember me? He doesn't remember. He says, pity. And they fight to the death with massive, massive sword skills. Chuck races across town. But it's too late. The Tash Man is becoming the Slashed Man inside. He's being cut up like raw sushi. And, and that gained a love heart. I've put down <laughs> overkill death love heart. Because he kills him. But then he continues to just, just murder him. <laughs> yeah. he, well, he, he backflips off the counter and he smashes Tap Man. <laughs> like his biscuits. And then he's just dead. And he says, who's the champion now? Chuck arrives just in time for the dojo to explode Nice. The, the, the dojo is indeed made of explodium. And we all know of my love of explodium, love heart. After the news of this, the Riddler calls Gary D. Turns out Tashman is the man that trained Gary D. His mm. sensei is dead, boys. You know what that means. That's stage one of hot, hot Ruenge. Oh, Ruenge. He's on board, lads. He jumps in his beach jeep and he heads to examine the body of his fallen master. <laughs> and, and when you say he jumps in his beach jeep, he jumps <laughs> in his beach jeep. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. Ken, Nobody gets in a car like Gary Daniels. Gary D decides he's going to help the police and he turns up and he says, look, I'll help you. And he says, I th I've got a few ideas about what's going on here. We have, we have an organized killer. I mean, these killings aren't random, Chuck. They're not random. He kills low-risk victims in low-risk areas. Chuck says, let me stop you, Gary D. 
in the middle of the office. He's just like, he's just noticed that the Riddler's gone. Riddler's left the office and he goes, right, Gary, fuck off. Riddler's gone. I'm not dealing with you. I work alone. And he's like, fucking hell, man. I'm here to help the rich. Shut up, Gary. I'm not doing it. Get gone. He tells Gary D to piss off. Now, Chuck does have a hunch and he goes back to the scene of the dojo fire, the explodo dojo from earlier on. He's walking around with his flashlight. Shit, lads, there's somebody else there. There's somebody else with a flashlight. The two people interfering in the dojo meet in the dark and they have a kickoff. Fuck, you know, he doesn't even notice it's Gary Daniels that he's fighting. They're fighting. What a a fight, though. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. And they just see the bit where they do like multiple kicks, like all the way up and they just block each other's kicks with more kicks. Well, it's like they're the same person at the start of the fight, isn't it? They're doing the same thing. They're like, what? It's we absolutely brilliant. He doesn't notice it's Gary D because he's, deci- it's because he's disguised in a uh, baseball cap. Fair, fair thing. And they don't notice who each other are until the lights come on. And there's a lady there, a young lady. She's like, who the fucking hell are you guys? And they're like, we're the police, ma'am. We've come to sort out the dojo explodo that happened last night. And she's like, this is my house. I live here. And Chuck goes, what are you talking about? This is a dojo. This is where Tashman lived. You don't live here. And Gary D says, Kelly, is that you? And she says, Uncle Ken. It's the fucking master's adopted daughter, guys. Gary D looks like a daughter. Uncle Ken. Uncle Kenny G. Uncle Gary D. She's like, you, do you guys have any ideas of what's going on? What, who killed my Tashman dad? And they're like, we're working on it. We're working on it. We bet you're like, he only exploded last night. We're, we're, we're looking at stuff. And you shouldn't really be in a crime scene. And she said, it looks to me like you were working on each other. <laughs> and they have a lighthearted He-Man laugh. And this is not the place or time for lighthearted He-Man laugh. Exploded Dojo. No, exactly right. right. And, and, and the, I, I do find the regular inappropriate humor and lulls and behavior i I find it really fucking off-putting yeah to to be fair mark kung fu serial killer is serious business it's very very serious we've got fucking robot fingers and and cowboy boots of death guys (laughs) come on he's he's got a a monkey on his back He's, he's got an itch that needs scratching and that itch is sport oh uh kelly she's uh she's another stunt woman She's good she, when she gets going, isn't she, Kelly? But where, what else has she been in? Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, the TV series. <laughs> good. <laughs> I approve. Good. There you go. Yeah, I got a like Wait, off... Um... What fucking stunts did they need in Sabrina, the Teenage Witch? Come oh, on. There was, some, there was some stuff happening there, Magic Mark. Kick oh. wizardry, Mark. Yeah. Without wizards. Yeah. Kicking a wizard. Maybe she kicked the wizard. There, there you go. go. Did you see I got a like on Twitter off Caroline Ray today? So what Who's was that? Caroline Ray. She played Hilda Spellman in Sabrina. Ah! <laughs> Amazing. It's what her it birthday be- today. Oh, happy birthday. Well, for, it's, this is like two weeks ago now, but, you know. Yeah, it's also Ron Perlman's birthday today. Oh, Big Ron. Oh, I like Big Ron. Yeah. Big Ron. It's also Catherine de' Medici's birthday today. I don't know who that is. Did you just mispronounce Zeta Jones, or is that someone I've not heard of? She was like the she was like the Queen of France in like the fifteen hundreds. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Come on, guys, read a book. Oh, I've played as her on um, Civilization Six. 
Oh, um, it's also Randy Piper's birthday. Randy, Randy Piper. Yeah, the um, the guitarist from Wasp. Oh, there you go then. Well, happy birthday, Randy Piper. Yeah. Good day. Uh, Thomas Good day. Jefferson's birthday. Alive. What a time to be alive. Well, Thomas Jefferson's not alive. Um, no, he's Guy no. Fawkes' birthday. Well, he's okay. Samuel Beckett's birthday. Oh, it's everyone! Everyone's birthday today, isn't it? Uh, who else is it? Uh, Butch Cassidy. Is it your birthday, Fletch, and we've forgotten? Is it, it actually is. your birthday? It is. I'm 32 today. Are you joking? And you're doing this, Tats. Happy birthday, brother. <laughs> is it really? It is really. Oh, you silly goose. I didn't know that. Happy birthday, Fletch. Thank oh, you. dear. So, <laughs> there you go, then. Happy lockdown birthday. Thanks. This is what you're choosing to do with your birthday, sweet Jesus Christ. What else am I going to do? Go out to the pub? No. Yeah, true. Well, Gary tells the Riddler that he thinks the killer is using some kind of GPS device. He's like, there's no other way. I don't know how he's getting... He's, he's one step ahead of us. That's why he's sending us computer notes. <laughs> computer notes, yes. <laughs> He said, that, I, I met this computer hacker in a case a, f- a couple of years ago. I'm going to go and see him and uh, see if he can help. Kelly tells Uncle Ken that she wants to get involved. But Gary and Chuck are like, no, it's far too dra- dangerous. And they drive off to find uh, the hacker man. And she follows them. The there's hacker lovely, man. There's a lovely line in here that earned me, earned me um, earned a love heart. Yeah. Because it's just so delightfully cliched. And um, it? it was the one about what is it because I'm black? No, it's because you're an asshole. What, what, did, he, what did he say beforehand? She's not, you're not her type or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And That's then it says, at least you're not racist. It's just the worst fucking cliche dialogue ever, ever. And <laughs> um, it's, I, I enjoy it. To be fair, for a serial killer film, no one refers to the killer as a sick son of a bitch. No, so not once. Not it once. manages to circumvent that cliche that you see in everything. Yeah. The hacker is doing some hacking in his seedy, fucking sleazy apartment. Superfight is on TV while he's yeah. watching while he's watching porn and eating donuts and weaning in a flask. <laughs> With his internet girlfriend. With his internet girlfriend. He's like a typical computer man, isn't it? This is exactly what computer men are like. This is nineties uh, cyber sex. They good cop, bad cop him, and when they get in there, they're like, "Look, we need you to help us because we know you're a hacker. Can you have a look at these messages?" And he's like, "Well, I'm not sure what to do with this." And he says, oh, "Hold on, guys. There's an incoming message right now." And what the <laughs> hell? How does the villain know that we're here? Yeah, keep him talking. Keep him on the line because I'll trace this keep email. On the line. Yeah, <laughs> I'll trace the email like you trace phone calls. Oh, uh, it's. Just... It, all of it is brilliant. All of it deserves a love heart. But the thing that got me, that made me go, oh, that's a love heart, was the fucking Daisy Wheel printer. Oh, the pr- yeah, when he's printing it all out. The whole thing, oh, I mean. Oh, the Daisy Wheel printer. I mean, and, oh, and you have to rip the page. They have to rip the holes off the edge of the page. It was just great. I'll tell you what I like. When they're like, keep him on the line, track him. Uh, he goes, okay, I'll track him. And then he turns on his subwoofer 
Oh, yeah, because Gary says, Hooty types in, who are you? Yeah, and and he turns on a subwoofer. He uses a subwoofer. Like, he uses a bass speaker for tracking him. Gary's like, why are you killing people? And he goes, because it's a game. And they're like, oh, we've got him. Hang on a minute. I'm I'm narrowing it it down. He puts on another monitor that just says Beijing, Taiwan, Anchorage. It's getting closer to America. And it says, bingo, it's a New York address. And Chuck says, holy shit, that's like two blocks away. (laughs) And they jump in the Jeep. And when we say they jump in the Jeep, they jump off a van into the Jeep. This is absolutely awesome. But the, the Jeep doesn't start. So then they start running and they start trying to out outbro each other. And who's the fastest? Gary is the more, you know, he's got the smarts upstairs. He jumps on the back of a van, Back to the Future style. And then when Chuck gets there, Gary's waiting. He's like, where the fucking hell have you been, mate? Fucking cop pants. This is, mate. The address is a shady apartment block. At this point, Gary points out that he doesn't use a weapon. That is because Gary is a weapon. Chuck kicks the door in and he says, police, freeze. Where's the computer? Gary's not there. Gary's not there. He's, he's a fucking maverick. Chuck's in trouble. All the shady gangsters are like, yeah, we're going to fucking kick your ass. You haven't got a partner with you. He has got a partner with him. Kick through the window. Gary Daniels is here and it all fucking kicks off all over the place. And what I love about this film is that it has kind of video game logic. So yeah, you, yeah. you played something like Final Fight where you walk along, you scroll along, and you um, you kick the baddies that are just mooks a couple of times and they die. And then you get to the bosses and they take a million punches. Yeah. This scene has that. The mooks take like one hit and they're down. And then later on in the film, so many punches to take down one of the boss characters. It's brilliant. There's no computer, guys. There's no computers. It's like, well, you're fucking, you fuck, you, you totally messed that up, you asshole. And then, asshole. Asshole, asshole. The computer is there. It's in the cupboard and it's calling them both assholes. They open the cupboard and it tells them exactly. It knows who they are. It's like, I know you are, Chuck. Chuck, he says, Chuck, struggling magician, now a cop. He says that. Gary Daniels. Yeah, he ran off from the police. The fear was too much. And then the computer explodes and they both look like they're going to fight the computer after this incident. They're being followed. Somebody's following them. It's like, oh, we've got fucking company, mate. There's a fucking car following us. It's all right. It's Kelly. She just wants to help. She's getting her nose in. She's just getting in the way, if anything. Gary Daniels is like, look, just stay out of the way. And they go into a strip club. She follows them in. And then she's like, oh, do you come in strip clubs often when you're doing police work? And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, Kelly, stop following everywhere you go. And they go. They, they leave. On the way out, some douches hassle Kelly. And they, that will be the last lady that they hassle in a bar. Because it turns out she's a fucking ninja. Of course she is. Uncle Gary. Dad Tash. Got to be a ninja. Chuck's like, should we help her? And Gary's like, no, mate. I forgot to mention she's a fucking ninja. She can sort this out herself. She's a former fucking champion. Right. Here's the thing. The gropey motherfuckers did deserve an ass kicking. Yeah. But it was six on one. They probably should have gone and helped her out. However badass she is. Yeah, it doesn't matter, Mark. It's, Gary uh, knows. Gary knows, though. Gary knows. He can sense her way- power. You know how, like, uh, if you're really good at martial arts, you can just instinctively tell if someone is also, also really good at martial arts? Yeah. But one thing that they didn't see, guys, was the fact that the villain 
was actually there in that very, very bar. Kelly leaves the bar, but Gary D and Chuck have already fucked off to the police station. And they're like, he's always one step ahead of us. What's he doing? And Chuck's like, I want to get this bastard so bad. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> they're stuck. They've got no clues except for the last line of the last email. They were like, Let's, give us the printout. Give us the old uh, dot matrix printout. Let's have a look at that. And it's just like, I can't <laughs> see anything. Apart from this last line here that says, say goodbye to Jim, Gene, and the heroes. I mean, what could that mean? And they're like, uh, it could be like Jim Carrey. Do these people like, is there a Gene Kelly? Ke- Carrey? And he goes, Ke- Ke- Kelly, Kelly, that's it. Kelly's heroes, Gene, he- Gene Kelly, Jim Kelly. That's obviously it. He's going after Kelly. And we've been sitting here chasing ghosts. It was obvious. That's an obvious clue, really, isn't it? Kelly, Kelly goes home and the villain is hiding in the wardrobe. Our heroes get there just in time for her to go. She puts a kettle on, pops in the shower. They're banging on the door. She's like, the the masked man is in there. She's like, no, he's not. He's not in here. You just, next time, don't smash people's doors in. Just knock the door. Knock the door. I'm having a shower. I'm stressed out. Tashman dad died last night. Let me have a cup of tea and a bath. All right. Shuts the door. They go. Fucking killer's still there. The masked man reveals himself and he fights Kelly all over the flat. At one point, I love this. She kicks him in the dick and then does his dick grab her leg and like pull her across the floor? <laughs> no. It's called the iron crotch technique. You catch the foot just before it makes contact with testicle. Exactly. Right. Before the um, before the crotch kick that wasn't a crotch kick, there was a love heart earned because I fucking love... Uh, right, I love like old Jackie Chan dumb shit with martial arts. And... A door, a, a fight with a fridge door involved. That's, oh, yeah. that's well worth a love art. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really good. Like I say, the choreography is so fluid, but it's I, just so spot on. I do feel it is quite Jackie Chan Hong Kong style influence, yeah. this film. There's a lot of really? using random implements and being super martial artsy with it. And, 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 and I'm down with that. Gary D and Chuck arrive at the flat and all three of our heroes are now in a massive kickoff with the masked villain. He kicks, this is the terrible bump when he, he te, Kelly goes through that table. I've gone through for a t- few tables in my time, Mark. I'm sure you have as well. And that one looked mm. nasty. Yeah, it did. Gary's like, Kelly, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's down and the kickoff confi- continues. During the fight, Gary tries to pull the villain's mask off, but he stops him with his robot fingers by poking him in the arm, and then he pokes his fingers at him and he gets stuck in the wall. Gary takes advantage of this, but Chuck opens, opens fire from the other end of the corridor. To, to combat this, the villain gets a vending machine and he runs towards Chuck with it and Gary. Gary jumps over the vending machine. Chuck gets thrown through the window from the force of the machine and the villain heads down the staircase. He's going to get away, guys. He's going to get away. That it's... sequence was absolutely insane. He comes yeah. running at them with a vending machine and Gary D just leaps over the vending machine like a fucking gazelle. That Chuck was amazing. Just... Yeah, and then, and then Chuck just gets exploded through a door by said vending machine. The leather-trousered maniac goes down the stairs. He's way ahead of Gary, but Gary fucking fireman slides down a pipe and he he meets him on the stairs and starts fighting him he starts fighting him until the villain jumps out the window and escapes on a passing truck and gary again (laughs) again very cool very jackie chan but then another love heart was earned with 
the ridiculous bad guy cackle. Yeah, oh, he does that a lot. But yeah, it's like, oh, (laughs) he's driving away on the back of a truck. Really fucking Shao Kahn, that shit. Yeah, I was going to say, he's kind of like Mortal Kombat baddie, isn't he? (laughs) Back at the station, the Hackerman has installed an internet computer complete with cyber porn, all set and ready to go. Kelly's at the police station as well because it could walk. It, it just turns out any any old fuck can just wander into this police station. And she's like, "I want to work on this case with you." I know I'm not involved in the police. And Gary's like, "No." She says, "I'm a target. I'm safer with you guys." And Gary's like, "Okay then, but just promise you'll stay out of the way." And she says, "You got it, Uncle Ken." All three of our heroes go on a montage now, looking all over New York City in every dojo, in every gym, in every boxing training facility that you can think of. They're asking street punks. They're in internet cafes. Gary is examining the pipe that uh, the villain poked with his fingers by putting his own fingers in it. He's like, I think he might have done all these killings with his robot fingers. He's worked it out because he's putting his own fingers against pictures of the holes in the finger holes in people on the photos. Our heroes, again, don't even notice. I mean, the, the audacity of this masked villain. He's right in front of their faces. They don't even see him. They do not recognize him. Chuck and Gary are in a sushi bar, and this is when they get to know each other. Guy must have been trained, man. He's, he's, he's fucking good. And Chuck says, yeah, but who's going to train somebody to kill somebody else? He says, I just wish I'd know the sequence. Who's next? Who's next on this menu of pain, of death, of sport? So every, after everything that we've just seen, yeah, them, them just him fighting all three of them, and then leaping off a building and using a vending machine as like a fucking battering ram. And Gary still... Daniels is like, I think he's been trained. Yeah, you reckon? Bit. I reckon he's had a couple of karate lessons. That bloke, Gary D and Chuck over sushi. They bond over the fact that they've both got broken down marriages. And Gary D's like, ah, oh, I just want to save my fucking marriage, mate. I, I don't know what to do. Chuck with magic tricks him into going to phone his wife. He's like, look. I've only just met you a short time. You don't seem like the type of guy that would take mis- make, make mistakes. But not getting back with your wife is a big mistake. So he gives him the money for a phone call. And Gary calls his wife and he says, I want to work it out. Cut to Gary, the family man. He's having a fairground day out with his wife and kids. They're having a lovely time. What I loved about this point, his daughter does that, that hammer ring the bell game at the fair and she doesn't win. So Gary <laughs> kicks it. <laughs> <laughs> Gary does an axe kick on it and gets the high score. This earned a love heart because it's a martial arts film with a montage, but it's not a kicking montage. It's a relationship montage. Yes. And I was like, that's fucking subversive. I like that. I just like how Gary Daniels has got, like, when we first meet Gary Daniels, his his life is in turmoil because of his marital problems. And then Chuck just goes, just just go and give, give, her, her, give her a call, go to the fun fair. And it all just, and he just wraps up all of his problems in this little da-da-da-da montage. And then that's it. His life is fine. That's yeah, what a montage is for. <laughs> no, for not montage. Not for, yeah, but for, like, training and stuff. Like, I know you're supposed to use it like, oh, we need like training and stuff like that. Stuff that would take a long time. We need to condense it down into this montage mm. to just convey that a long time has passed. You don't do it for a character's denouement. You don't sort out character <laughs> conflicts with them. Are you <laughs> questioning the editing skills of Alan Poon? 
Is that what you're doing? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Alan, because Alan I won't Poo. have it. Alan Poo <laughs> is, if anything, he's a pioneer. <laughs> He's a poon wizard. He's a wizard, is that? <laughs> He's a poon pioneer. Well, there's been another murder, guys. While they're out having a lovely time down the park, there has been a fourth murder. But this guy has died on the floor, and there is letters on the rug. It says C-H-A. I think it's a clue. He was trying to write something, guys, as he was killed, and they can't work it out. They're sat in the office, and he's like, what, what could it be? They go through the phone book, going, Char, Charlie. Chachi, chicken, chuchachi, like that. Okay, what could it be? Chicken isn't spelt with C H A, Malachi. That was inaccurate. What I'm saying. Kelly's flicking through the dictionary and she comes across champagne, champion, and Gary's like, wait, hang on a minute, fucking champion, mate. Champion, it's been here all along, right in front of my fucking face. All of these victims are champions. He's a fucking boxing champion, wrestler, karate, kendo kickboxing and tough guy competition but they're all champions of a different sport they would never fight each other would they but they did once didn't they ladies and gentlemen yes gary daniels says they did once do you ever hear of the master's challenge <laughs> the ta- and kelly says yes i did i remember that do you remember what the tagline was hang on a second what? that guy who got murdered in his yeah. death rose, he was like, I need to leave a clue for police. I'm going to write the word champion really in put on the floor before I die. Yeah, that's the clue. That's it. Champion. Yeah. Out of out of like the uh, out of last words that you can scrawl on the floor in your own blood, champion, Malachi. Do you oh. not see an issue here? He didn't finish it. That's the, you know, proving the point. He didn't get it finished, did he? You're Too big. Champion. <laughs> right, here's Come the on. issue I've had. Champion, they all, champion. They, they were all in the same fucking tournament, so they'll have known his fucking name. Why didn't he try and write his name rather than just champion? It's not supposed to be cryptic. You're dying. Yeah, well, they, they they work out that it's from the Masters Challenge, the photo from the start of the film that we talked about. Luckily, Chuck has a pile of old karate magazines in his, in his office, and they find, they happen to find an article about it. And they're like, this is the photo I was, this is the exact photo I was talking about. And they cross him off, and they're like, dead, dead, he's dead, he's dead. There's two guys left on the picture, and he's like, right, it's definitely one of these two guys. They look one of them up, he's dead, car crash a couple of years ago. They still, it's definitely this guy. They still don't name him. They inform the Riddler that they've found out who they think it's going to be. But they get it wrong. They send a strike team to go and get this fella. Kelly's like, I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to stay safe. He says, Kelly, you stay home. You stay, stay safe because we're about to walk in the valley of the shadow of death. Outside, Kelly spots the villain. She's like, fuck, he's here. I recognize him now. I can remember him now. And she follows him in, in her car. This is how they work out who the killer is. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just that. They get the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he does a nice Jackie Chan bump when he's thrown out the window, though, doesn't he? When the uh, guy's trying to escape on the balcony and Gary Daniels just sweeps him. And he falls onto the, uh, the canopy. Bounces off a canopy onto the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly is in the fucking. She's in there. He's got more than one internet computer. She's got into his lair, into this fucking sick man's, this sick son of a bitch's lair. 
<laughs> she pages Gary D because it's the nineties and it's all pages, and she's like, "Oh fucking hell, mate!" The whole the pager, right? I had a pager in nineteen ninety seven, so that earned <laughs> me a um, that earned me a retro love love heart. What did You're you just... have a pager for? Were you a doctor? No, I just wanted one. I just thought it'd be cool. And I... um, my mom used to page me phone mom. And she'd spell it M-O-M instead of M-U-M, because black country woman. Like, mobile phones existed then? Yeah, but they were super expensive. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had a pager in 1997. It was brilliant. <laughs> Did you have it on your belt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had a little clip, like a fucking holster, and you could pull it out of the holster and leave the holster on your fucking belt. Well, you just kind of stood there having a conversation, thumb hooked in belt. Like, so anyway, guys, I've got this meeting with, uh, I've got this meeting with Kowski at four o'clock and beep, beep. Excuse me, guys. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Whips it out. But you could, you could subscribe to um, football results as well. <laughs> and you, so it looked like you were popular when you got the results of the Wolves match. Did you used to wear like pastel polo shirts and stuff like that when you were... No, I was into shell suits in the shells. <laughs> you can't have a shell suit in a pager. But I did. You just look like a drug dealer, Mark. <laughs> a 17-year-old drug dealer. But it's not, you know, it's not unheard of. Yeah. True. I was not but a yeah, drug we... dealer at 17. I'm not, I'm not a drug dealer now, just to make that clear as well. <laughs> I'm, sat, I'm, I'm sat on my sofa in a onesie with fizzy fucking Vimto. Do I sound like a drug dealer to you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kelly's in the belly of the beast. Inside the office, she sees that there's a picture of Gary D's family, but he's fucking Ric Flair Randy Savaged it. He's swapped his face for Gary D's face. He's going to take the family. He's after Gary's family. Gary's caught. Gary calls his wife and Gary's like, fucking hell, the villains. The villains. The, is everything all right? Is everything going OK? And she's like, oh, typical you, Gary D. You send your scary looking mate to come and help you move in. And he's like, what? Is he still there, this scary looking friend? He's like, yes, is he hanging around with your daughter? Everything's fine. And he's like, shit. You need to get out of the house. That's the guy that was telling you about that's been doing all the sports murder. And she's like, I'm scared, Ken. He says, I know. I know. I'm on my way. Shit, guys. The villain has his wife. He says, I'm waiting for you, Ken, at some old factory somewhere. Just you and me this time. No, nobody else or else. Gary picks up the PC in a rage. And uh, Chuck goes, no, that's evidence. And he says, there ain't going to be no fucking trial. And he smashes the computer to bits. And he says, it's just me and him now. Oh, that's fucking. That is a pure Rowenge scene. I it love, is. It I, is love, I love moments like that in films where it's like, that's it. the evidence. <laughs> We've gone beyond the law now. Yeah, that's it. It's like, Chuck... uh, it's like in Samurai Cop. When stuff gets so bad, they're just like, let's just go to the house and murder everyone. And they quit. Chuck gives Gary his gun and he sends him off. He says, kick his ass. He's going to kick his ass. He jumps in the Jeep and he drives to the foundry because it's the end of the film. It's got to be a foundry or a warehouse for the final battle. 
The villain is there. He's like, thank you for coming, Gary Daniels. Welcome to hell. Gary Daniels says, where are, where's my fucking wife, mate? Where's my fucking wife? And he's like, ha, 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 ha. They are atop the factory, tied up with dynamite and a bomb that will go off in 15 minutes. You have got 15 minutes to kill me. Otherwise, your wife is dead. And your kid is dead. The end game has begun. It's on. And have a it's massive beautiful. Play. Gary Daniels fighting with pure rage against the leather-trousered masked man. And it's all for his wife. And he can just see his wife going, oh, shit, Gary. Shit, Gary, I'm really scared. At one point, he says, I'm coming, baby. And she says, oh, Gary, hurry up. It started ticking. It's actually a fucking superb martial arts fight, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. And it's really well choreographed. It's proper kind of Hong Kong-style martial arts. And yeah. the, it earned to love heart because there was a bow staff and we know how much I like bow staffs. And it also made me realise just for the, for the first time in the whole film, and then I felt really dumb, he's got the problem with wanting to defeat all the champions because he didn't win that tournament. Yeah. But he's cheating against champions with his kind of kicky boots and his stabby fingers. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hell, he's cheating. Oh, what a heel! And, <laughs> and I'm like, and as soon as I realised it, I was like, "You are a dickhead. You are so slow." <laughs> the fight, look, Mark, uh, just like, oh, he's a wrong and he is. And do you know how it? Do you know how I worked it out when he did that fucking R Truth jumping splits kick, and it yeah. went through a table? I was like, "Oh, that's because he's got the kicky heels." Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what a baddie Gary Daniels during the fight ends up falling down down, uh, falling over the balcony and he's hanging, he's about to fall down he, 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 his leg catches on a rope and just as he's about to hit the ground Chuck, Chuck, his partner luckily had followed him and catches him before he falls to the ground he ties Gary, the rope to himself so Gary won't die but then the villain starts fighting him and he gives him finger poke of death and Chuck falls, and they create a pulley system, and they swap places. So, so Gary jumps up, and he ends up face-to-face -face with the villain. Chuck hangs there. We think he's dead. Limp. Gary races to save his wife. The time is running out. The villain follows. Daddy, save us! The villain stops him, and they have another pipe fight. Time is running out. Hurry up, Gary. Hurry up. Fingers of death. Fingers of death poke at Gary. When the villain gets his fingers stuck in the wall, this gives Gary vital milliseconds and he gets the upper hand. 30 seconds left. Slow-mo kick of victory. Gary Daniels wins, kicking the villain in slow motion off the top of the foundry. He runs towards his wife. The he's not going to make it, lads. He's not going to make it. Daddy! The clock runs down. Boom, it's too late, but it's full of confetti and a tape plays that says, I'm not an animal. I wouldn't kill a child. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. He's like the predator. He only fights yeah. other fighters. And that's the thing, right? That is actually quite a cool twist. I was like, holy shit, they're going to kill... Oh. Uh -huh. and, and that earned a love heart. I felt it deserved one. Well, it's good because it's consistent with the character because one of the first things you learn about him, like when he's fighting RVD, is that he doesn't harm anyone but the other fighters. Mm. He, knocked out the, he knocked out that MILF. Yeah, he knocked her out. He didn't kill her. 
that's true. Yeah. So that's it. That's the end. Everyone's safe. Gary Daniels is back with his family. All that, all that is to uh, fix a couple, fix a couple of puncture wounds in the pair of them. They got, they got fingered hard. They did. Fourteen love arts. That is unheard lo- of. Oh, Mark, that is the most love arts ever. What a film! What a film! I'd like, I'd like to point out that this film was my choice. This was good your choice. choice. Yes, good choice. Good choice. Can I, can I choose next time? You can. What are you going to choose, Mark? I wonder. Voodoo Academy. Uh, no. I tell you what. Um, hang on a sec. Let's just have a let's have a meeting, Malachi. One sec. Okay. One sec. All right. All right. Let's huddle over here. Uh, he wants to do Voodoo Academy. What do you think? I mean, it's like getting on for a year now, and he's still going on about it. I know he fucking loves that film. What is it about that film? It's full of cocks. There's oh. loads of cocks in it. God, he's fucking cock mad, isn't he? I don't know. We'll do it one day, but we'll, I tell, we'll do it. Just let's keep. Just, him we'll do it next week. It'll let's keep... just tell. Let's just tell him we've already got quite a long schedule, so we'll do it eventually. Do it okay. All right. Yeah. And then, we'll, and then we'll just never do it. You say it. If I say it, he'll shout at me. All right, all right. Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was, I was, I was drinking my fizzy Vimto. We've, uh, we've come to a decision and we've decided we will do Voodoo Academy. Mm. We have a very long schedule. We've got a very long list of films that we're going to do already, but we'll schedule it in at the end of that list. Oh, as long as we do get to do it, that's cool, man. Okay. We will. Thanks. That's really kind of you. Stars, ladies and gentlemen, stars, Mark. All of the fucking stars. More stars than there are stars, and love arts are plenty. Fletcher? What a film. This is, like I said at the beginning, this is one of my favourite ones we've done. It's superb. It's absolutely amazing. The premise alone is enough. Yeah. Martial arts murderer going around killing other martial artists through fighting. Yeah. I mean, we did last last week. We did a sports film, so we've done a sports film tonight. We we we've we've combined as a sports film. Well, I was just about to say we've combined sports, action, and horror into one neat little blood-filled package with this one. I think I really do love how they genuinely, genuinely try and make a serial killer film with this. Because they've got Gary yeah. Daniels and he's like he's talking about the MO and the profile and stuff like that. And they really did try and make it a bit more intelligent. Like they but tried. Just, they tried. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. Blood Moon. Thoroughly recommend it. I don't know if you could get this on DVD anymore, but it's it's definitely available on YouTube in yeah, more it's than on one. YouTube. Just go on there. Fucking watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just watch. So thank you for joining us, Mark. Well, you'll come back at some point again, won't you, Mark? I'm sure. Of course. Of course. And me and Fletcher will be back next Tuesday with our regular Tuesday episode when we're going to Italy, Fletch. We're taking another trip to Italy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm taking you to the cinema, Fletch. But be careful, because this time we are doing demons. Please do like... Oh, God, fucking hell. Please don't forget to like... Why are you so shit at this bit? I don't know. <laughs> give us a five star review. Give us a give us a five. Star... <laughs> 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 review the show, please, for Christ's sake. Just review the show. We'll see you next time. <laughs>